time that they were ever in Saudi Arabia and or performing in Saudi Arabia. So you had probably over a hundred different celebrities in Riyadh on one day. Any of the Kardashians ev- come? No, they didn't. But Thank people God. were wondering where they were. Let's put it that way. <laughs> You're better off not having. This is High Decibels. Live music recaps in New York City and beyond. Hey, you people, you're listening to High Decibels, an NYC-based live music podcast. We check out the artists we love in New York City venues and beyond and report back to you. I'm Marlia. And I'm James. This song is by Nora and Pure, who we saw at Avant Gardner on Saturday, December 28th, and who we'll be talking about today. But before that, follow us on Instagram and Twitter and look for us on Reddit at High Decibels Pod for clips, picks, discussions, and more. Also look for us on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts, and subscribe, follow, rate, and review. As always, we offer the opportunity for you to executive produce an episode. Uh, Essentially what that means is that you choose the concert that we go to somewhere in the tri-state area, or perhaps beyond if you're a baller, because the the, the way it works is that uh, you pay for the tickets and uh, we go to the show. But, but, then, we we, talk about but it. then we recap an artist that you wanted to hear about. Uh, and if you were there and you want to be a guest on the show and uh, you want to come in, do the interview, or if uh, you want to do a Skype thing, or you just want us to read your notes, uh, or you just want to listen, um, maybe you didn't go to the concert at all. Maybe you have social anxiety and you can't go to concerts. Maybe you live in Iowa where the, no one comes out. But this is New York. We pick and on Iowa a lot. Yeah. Everyone comes through. <laughs> we do pick on <laughs> Iowa. Uh, but, you know. It's just the most desolate place that I can think of (laughs) in the United States. Um, So anyway, so that's an opportunity. So if that interests you, uh, please reach out to us. You can slide into our DMs on Twitter uh, or Instagram. Or Uh, send an old-fashioned email at highdecibelspod at gmail.com. So... James thinks that the idea of sending the email is very antiquated. Very antiquated. Whenever I suggest it, but... I think it's good to keep open all methods of communication. It's not like I'm suggesting a courier, Pejim. Sure. Perhaps we're not being open-minded enough, and that's why the requests aren't coming in. Let's, and, just, put our, uh, and I let's should, just put our personal cell phone numbers on here. I'm not giving my Dare phone you. number, <laughs> and I'm not giving my address, but uh, there's a white van in the parking lot of the Jetro by the Iguanas Canal that I hang out on Fridays between yeah, hours right. of 7 and 9 p.m. Don't worry about it. <laughs> we have a pigeon roost in that location, so just send your courier pigeon then in there. How about that? It'll find us. We just kind of like to keep things open. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was, I'm that was sorry. the worst <laughs> bit we've ever done. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, I was like, I was thinking. Uh, some friends and I used to have this joke about how, like, when we would get like ghosted or whatever, we'd be like, "Oh, it's 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 not that the person disappeared. It's just that they were using methods of communication yeah, that we had not familiarized ourselves with." Yeah, landline, and I just I haven't had right. that for forever. They very well may have sent a message via uh, courier pigeon. I didn't have a place for that pigeon to roost. That's on me. All the misconnections. Perhaps they sent up smoke signals to say they had a nice time, and I didn't have the wherewithal. And that to just look uh, the just goes into the clouds here in New York City. Or it's just as likely that they beat the Tom Toms. You know, <laughs> do you want a second? <laughs> I had my AirPods, and I didn't know. Who knows? We have a guest today. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is Anna. 
Hi, everybody. It's good to I'm be here. Sorry. I'm not laughing at our guests. I'm laughing at just the lengths that I'll go to to justify being ghosted. Um, we are super excited about having Anna here, um, not just because she's a dear friend of ours, um, but for another reason. We're going to get into the Nora and Pure show, but... Uh, one thing that's uh, very special about having Anna here for all the concert and music festival loving listeners, which presumably you are unless we forced you to listen to this show. And even you should be interested in this. Uh, here's the thing about Anna. Anna recently got to experience not only a major, but really uh, historic musical festival experience. And we are actually very interested before we launch into the Nora on Pure overview. Uh, which she was at and we'll talk which about Which she was too. at. But we really want to hear about this festival. And I think you guys should really uh, take some interest in this too because uh, – we kind of take for granted, especially if you're listening from a, you know, the States or the UK or, or whatnot. I think we have a couple of listeners in Australia. Um, Somehow. You know, you, you just kind of assume like, oh, festivals. Uh, and these these kinds of things do not, in fact, exist in every country. And uh, Anna actually got to uh, be a part of a festival that was, was it the first? Um, yes, this was the first uh, music festival ever in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. So, historic moment for everyone. What was Still the name of it surreal. again? It's Middle Beast, the largest musical festival in the Middle East. Uh, completely unprecedented attendance, over 70 international and local DJs. It's a big deal, really. And, like, what we're getting at is this was the first ever music festival in Saudi Arabia. Um, Take that how you will. We're, we were all shocked that this was even happening. So I want to I wanna ask you about the background because it's like you grew up there. And so we're going from what your experience was growing up to a country where there can be uh, a major music festival, EDM, right? Uh, yeah, it was an EDM festival. Like what I'm wondering is like how it got to how we got to that point. Like how do we get from what your experience was like just kind of a brief overview to like we have a music festival like how does that happen in that country honestly i can't uh give you a good answer about that except that a lot of the things that have happened this year were unexpected um the government's embarked on a major uh, cultural transformation and a part of that is diversifying the economy opening up to tourism and making sure that people can actually have enjoyable lives within saudi arabia and a part of that is allowing art to emerge um, allowing a lot of uh, Saudi artists to actually come out and perform. People who have been playing underground for, you know, 10 plus years. Wait, what do you mean by playing underground? They were playing in the country, like, where? Yeah, so uh, actually one of the stages at Middle Beast, which was composed of a total of five stages, including the main stage, was a dedicated stage to Saudi musicians. They called it Saudi Beast. Um, and their local... Saudi artists who have had to either play underground at compounds or embassy events for their entire musical careers or leave the country to perform in Europe or other Arab countries were able to actually get on stage, perform live in front of their Saudi fans and actually perform alongside some of their, uh, you know, all time favorite DJs who no one ever imagined would be landing in Riyadh to perform. So, so that stage was of how many stages? You said how many were there total? Uh, so Middle Beast had a total of five stages. Uh, the main stage was where all the major international DJs and, um, 
yeah, some some also major local DJs performed, but they had all these offshoot stages, including Saudi Beast, um, a techno stage, a house stage. Who were like the some of the big names? Uh, Rehab was there on the day. Steve Aoki, David Guetta. Oh wow! Um, and then they had some really major regional artists attend, which was amazing because I've never seen a musical festival where you're getting to watch some major American or European DJ perform alongside a famous Saudi uh, and Egyptian and other Middle Eastern uh, iconic people all doing all these very special collaborations. So, okay, so you said 70,000 people about total attendance? Oh, no. Attendance, I believe, reached over 150,000 people with a maximum attendance, I believe, around 200,000. So do people travel from all over the world to come to this? Or is it mostly, do you think, people from um, that were local? I think most of the attendants were people from Saudi Arabia itself, although th- there were people flying in from all over the world, um, notably celebrities, a lot of Instagram models, which has been a bit controversial. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of people landing. And I think the, the, the cool thing was for all of these people, this was the first time that they were ever in Saudi Arabia and or performing in Saudi Arabia. So you had probably over a hundred different celebrities in Riyadh on one day. Any of the Kardashians come? No, they didn't. People were wondering where they were. Let's put it that way. (laughs) You're better off not having them. Don't don't worry about that. But it's wild because you had told us that this was happening. You sent us like the reports and everything months ago. And you're like, dude, Riyadh's about to have the first ever festival in Saudi Arabia. And I remember specifically saying, it's like, damn, that's a big step for a country like that just uh, on just like to go from this is purely not allowed to a massive music festival was pretty shocking to me so uh, i can't imagine how much that must have felt to you having grown up there and like did you ever expect something like this could ever happen in your lifetime i never imagined anything like this could happen in saudi arabia honestly like it still feels like it was an you know an experience that didn't happen you know um it's almost hard to reconcile that reality in a country that had never allowed music to even be be played on the radio or in restaurants or stores until the past couple years and uh i mean we drove out into the desert for about 30 minutes to the out on the outskirts of Riyadh, and then you just come upon this massive festival ground it's the largest i've ever seen out of is that government-owned land um i believe so and um the designer of the entire festival had a very, very short turnaround time. Uh, literally, it was a plot of dirt in the desert that didn't even have concrete poured, and they had to set up an entire festival. I know the main stage at the time was the tallest stage in the con- in, sorry in the world. Wait, really? Yeah. I didn't hear that. Yeah. That's insane. Fire festival. Take some notes. Speaking of being overwhelmed, I, I, I think you told us you were only there for one day. So how much were you able to see on that one day? Yeah, so uh, sadly, I was only able to be there on the finale, um, the last day of the festival, which was, I think, a really important one. Um, we were only able to see, a, you know, maybe like 50% of the entire festival. But most of our time, we were spent at main stage. But they had a whole uh, section dedicated to circus, a ton of interactive art exhibits, um, a bunch of local um, boutiques set up, you know, showcasing their art. We didn't even get a chance to go around and experience different stages that well. Like I mentioned, there was the Saudi Beast, uh, the, the house stages. It was just, it was out of control. I mean, we walked around 
three times and we were still lost. What was like your favorite moment? I think walking in was my favorite moment because I really didn't know what to expect. Um, Honestly, it was an out-of-body experience. I felt like I was tripping walking through the entire (laughs) festival ground and I wasn't. Um, And it still doesn't really feel like it happened until this day. That's how insane it was. So it was insane. So what was the uh, what was the drug and alcohol situation? Uh, there was no alcohol at this event. Uh, Saudi Arabia is a, dar- a dry country. Um, I didn't see any drug use either. So for the most part, uh, I would say you know most of the people in attendance were completely sober, but going but wild. The craziest crowd I've ever seen in my life. Wow. Man, that's absolutely wild. Some of these EDM festivals got to step it up. It's just crazy because you do sort of, there's that running gag where it's like, wow, how funny is it that they play music at the drug festival? You know what I mean? All of these festivals, especially EDM ones, are really, really associated with just doing shitloads of drugs. And to know that not only did this huge one happen, but it was such a success. And you were saying legitimately probably almost everybody was sober. Yeah, I, I do think everyone was sober, but the cool thing and uh, interesting thing was there were a lot of mocktails going around, tons of water being distributed. Were they good? Yeah, they, were, they weren't bad. They weren't bad. So you kind of get the vibe that you're in a club at some points, but you're just sitting in a smoking section, um, or you're walking by a really fancy restaurant, a VIP section, um, completely set up like anything. I've, I've never seen anything like it in my life, but um, world-class performances, stage everything about it was just out of this world and they managed to pull it off so well especially considering it was the first time anything like this had ever happened um imagine if you had the chance to go to the first ever music festival in the united states yeah. i don't even know what that which one that would be i don't know what if there was anything major know. before what came before Woodstock was uh, easily the biggest one what was this there was one in like 60 pop? was it 67 pop something like yeah, that yeah i don't know that there was anything major before monterey pop but i mean to have one like in uh, obviously like a country that's just you know uh, you would never expect this you would have never expected this like in my lifetime alone let alone yours to have seen this here's a funny one though and just something that i, I just thought of while you were talking how's everybody dressed because we always talk about where we always wear wacky shit when we go to festivals. And we also theme too. I say we because Anna's been to uh, Easy with us a couple times. Um, and so we will usually all text each other and say, it's like, okay, Friday animal stuff, Saturday America stuff, Sunday pick a team. I'm going to put some of those photos kind of on the high decibels pod. Oh, yeah. We got so some real winners from theme. back in the day. Uh, but like, how was it? Was it like mostly so traditional dress or like what everybody would wear? Or did some people like step up and like actually, you know, try and do like the similar things that what we tend to do, which apparently, by the way, is really an American thing? Because I guess in European uh, festivals, they don't really care too much if you dress up. So maybe that would be. Part I'm guessing of it. there were no curious. furry bikinis and boots. I'm just, that's just a guess. <laughs> that's actually a really great question. Um, so you had everyone, for the most part, uh, dressing in a pretty conservative manner. It was freezing outside in the desert, so people were wearing a lot of coats. But what's crazy about everything is recently now uh, women no longer have to wear the abayas in Saudi Arabia. Um, so we drove out to the desert. Everyone f- could take off their jackets, their abayas, and go dress you know, in, in their jeans and T-shirts and their rave gear as they choose, obviously in a much more modest manner. Um, but you had everyone ranging from, uh, you know, wearing the traditional Saudi, uh, you know, dress uh, and headscarf and a bai that covers your face, and uh, you know, to girls wearing, you know, leather jeans and uh, and t-shirts and and rave gear is actually becoming a big thing. So we saw a lot of glow sticks, a lot of those, you know, crazy glasses, a lot of the face masks. Um, 
they were selling those in full force outside, which was really interesting. I, I was joking that the women who uh, used to sell face face covers now are selling rave gear. Uh, and it's a real thing. Yeah, well, you know what? The marketplace demands. So um, I want to ask you also, was this a one-off or is this going to be annual? Um, they're planning on having it again next year. So I'm excited to attend that and uh, yeah, see what changes has happened between this year and the next. That is super fucking cool. And we are very pleased to hear this kind of progress in Saudi. And I'm really glad you got to experience that. I hope that trajectory continues. So thank you for telling us about that. Yeah, and I hope everybody found that interesting because I can't imagine you, anybody is talking to anybody else about like this. Honestly, like I've told people, right. just like other people that I met at bars and everything, like just it came up in conversation like last week. This guy who was an Air Force vet and he's like, yeah, I spent some time in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. And I'm like, oh, do I got some shit to tell you. And I'm like, my friend is there now. And she just went to the first ever music festival out there and the guy was like that's impossible like you're serious i'm like yeah look that shit up so uh, like if general people out here have never heard of it i guarantee you most of our listeners will not even a clue that this has just happened yeah i was uh, saying it was the woodstock of saudi arabia which it, it really kind of is so minus the uh, brown acid yeah yeah wow that's amazing um well we're gonna take a, a step there to something uh you know far f- far less impressive but hey who knows we may have some nora on pure fans here so uh, oh, yeah. or just edm in general or you just like listening to us we're gonna get into this show uh okay so we uh we walk in uh there was uh no bag search this Not time, this time. Yeah, they didn't give a shit. at all uh so that was kind of mm. nice um the crowd was uh pretty white and pretty young and also i said to james pretty tall tall crowd yeah i was like um, i don't know which I know maybe, is a maybe a bunch of like dutch and, and people out there could be that a bunch of we'll europeans dutch. Oh. dutch or something i don't know could be that that'd be my guess i don't know i don't but usually you right. feel men so women, short. and women were and very the women, tall they were like all five seven and higher yeah. it was very odd to me it got shorter as the night uh progressed but when i first walked in i was like i feel like i'm in a forest of people this is very weird um so yeah i we uh before before the first act come on um james and i were just kind of like took some photos and whatever as the first act was on oh was it as they were on? yeah because i mean they started like at 10 we got there a little after 10. okay well before we launch into them yeah just just to give you an overview of the strange photo that you may have seen on our instagram uh that's me uh, that's me that looks like someone's older cousin babysitter in 1986 that cool doesn't aunt. need the money because daddy's rich, but she's being taught a lesson. She brings <sighs> her boyfriend over, gives you sips of liquor and a pair of scissors and a copy of Paper Magazine to keep you busy. Anyway, make your inspiration board, little one. It's a very strange photo, but what's really funny was that uh, the, the, the photo is just cam- captioned, need a babysitter, and one of our most fun, fun-loving friends oh, who yeah. is a mother just responds, Yes. And we were both like, oh, yeah, she would like you as a babysitter. <laughs> she was like. This person, would she get a kick out of that? You're hired. No, you know what it was? It was almost kind of like commentary for me on uh, uh, all, all my friends that were not there that all have children now. And I'm like, would they entrust me to their children, especially looking like this? Uh, I don't know. The top right. was very low cut. What did you say, Anna, that it was like your chest is framed? <laughs> what yeah, it was It was definitely a frame for your chest. It looked. It looked great, though. Loved it. <laughs> Oh my God! I, I was life's hard. Remember the story? Uh, I'm wearing this this really low cut top. You could see, see that uh, high decibels pod. Uh, there'll be more of those. But I uh, just for safety reasons, I also had on these uh, these bronze pasties, and. Uh, I remember I wore these once for uh, the mermaid parade and I had some pictures taken of my friend Annie, you know, Annie, mm, Annie, Annie sees the pictures and she goes, Marlia, your nipples are huge. <laughs> and I was like, 
those aren't my no. nipples. Those are pasty. She's like, oh, okay. Because I thought. And then we got into a discussion with uh, you and uh, and our friend Terrence about uh, your feelings on big nipples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got this whole The thing. consensus was neutral. Doesn't, yeah, doesn't matter doesn't, one doesn't way or another. I'm an so ass man anyway. So even if they were, even if they were uh, my nipples, that would have been okay. All right, enough about that. Let's your get nipples <laughs> are perfect just the way they are. No, but then Terrence says. You know I don't like those little bee sting nipples or cat. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> I was like, I don't know what that is. He's like, they're just really tiny. <laughs> okay, well I don't have to worry about that. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, so listen, we were really dressed, and and James had his. Uh, his um jim jim hopper shirt on which is always a big hit and you commented on it too you haven't seen that show though right i didn't it looked great very fresh um kind of a uh fresh look to your vibe from uh, t-shirts that you normally wear i liked it yeah a little different than the t-shirts and uh, (laughs) jerseys that are usually my go-to so we looked good um okay so uh you know had some pictures taken and while this is going on we're hearing local dialects uh who are they Okay, so local dialect's actually a, a local act on top of that. They are from Queens and Sam Paracone and, and Reed Tan, uh, music producers, uh, just good fa- house which music. Which is which? I'm not sure, to be honest. Okay. That's a good question. I don't really have pictures uh, linking the two. But anyway, they met in college. They uh, got a little bit of name for themselves in the last couple of years. They quit their jobs and they started to do this full time. So, you know, good for them. I guess they've worked with Nora before and a couple other names out here. Um and uh, you know they put a bunch of local acts in, or local stages and they just sort of have been going up and so you know it's a good uh, exposure for them to open for a big uh, bigger act like this i think um yeah i, I wish i knew which was which because uh, i would definitely call one the sort of engineer and one was the conductor i mean yeah, he was literally like con- conducting with his arms like yeah. the entire time to- i'm not the entire time but very much like okay everyone give Wave me some along, music like along, oh yeah. my god it was very acute um they uh we've started off with some some heavy real heavy bumping bass with these two a uh, little bit of deep house mm. um I, i'll explain that to you i guess because that's me i'm the genre explainer um it's house music that's got uh, a little bit of uh, extra on top in terms of uh, lyrics oftentimes uh piano uh riffs uh strings that kind of thing so we did get a little bit of that but it was mostly some basic four on the floor techno with some weird sort of sci-fi-ish sound yeah i was gonna say it's got that sort of a spacey ethereal sound too and i said sci-fi techno over house beats was kind of what i was feeling for most yeah. of it maybe some like chip tuning video game sounds too yeah but it was funny because i was like uh, it's like it, it's like music from that show where there was those two people and like one believed there was aliens and like the other didn't and uh-huh. James still doesn't. I'm like and one was the redhead. He's like, oh, X Files. X Files, yeah. <laughs> all you had to That's do all was, I had to do. There's no molder there. <laughs> the attractive redhead. Uh, oh, right. But it did sound like X Files mu- music. It almost sounded like um, it almost sounded like the Stranger Things uh, things music, but with a, a heavier beat to it at times. Yeah, so they um they played they you know they played through uh, a song there was a song pieces of you I remember that I guess that was more like progressive house mm-hmm. um okay so as far as these guys an appropriate opener 
listen, when you're opener number one, I feel like there's more flexibility than with a band. It's more sure. atmospheric. So if you're paid attention to it's real bonus, but really you just have to be competent. And mm. and they were. They were. I, I they, were they were. They had a crowd going too, right, actually. They had so the I, think crowd they, going. I think they got some fans that night. Now, last it's night. like, can I put them on the level of what followed them? I, I can't in good conscience do that because, because of who followed them. But uh, you know what? They were they were solidly competent. They, they mm. did well with what they were doing, which was just some like real hard hitting uh spacey you know, sci-fi yeah, sounding house yeah exactly which is cool it's a good genre a and bit of techno I, thrown in. I think they handle it well and you know for an act that's what two three years in they got a good foot in the door i would say yeah they stayed in a certain lane uh but but they were solid uh at this point anna was not with us yet and i was worried because i listened to a lot of crime um uh, true crime podcasts and i thought maybe she was murdered um As so you could hear she was not <laughs> but i was wrong um so i mean do you have anything else to say about those guys um i like them well enough and uh you know given the opportunity if they play at like uh, it's not analog anymore what's it called now whatever that uh, used to be analog it's got a new name uh, if they were to play there or like some other small it's ta- the edm club in gowanus there's only yeah. one yeah they changed the name though it's not analog anymore but anyway if they were to play there or um you know like a williamsburg club something like that i would still stay and see them and i think they, they got a good shot so Appro- give them give them a chance and, uh, you know, we'll see them again in a couple of years and see if they uh, move up the ranks a little bit. Appropriate opener? I would say, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, so then um, it got to be, uh, was it like 1137? And mm-hmm. uh, here comes in uh, Waralka still in his jacket. Workles. <laughs> Workles. Yeah, right. cause, so they were supposed to go till 1130. And then, I, so here's what's funny. They, ca- they kept getting talked to by, uh, like, I don't know, roadies or something. And I'm sitting up there. It's like, are they telling them? to get off soon because it looked like it was like 15 minutes before their set was supposed to end and it seemed like a little weird probably negotiating overtime I, yeah and so they're like talking with each <laughs> other like five wow, minutes over is another 50 what's going bucks? on here so then it's coming to the end of their set which should have been 11 30 and they're still playing and i'm like oh i was I, I was wrong they're not pulling them off they're keeping them on there only to find out a couple minutes later as you mentioned i believe his name is Warkles, right Spelled W O R A K L S. So say how you I'll will. go with Warkles. So he comes up and they and it's like he's rushing up there, looking like he just sprinted there, carrying he all like the stuff. His pants. Yeah, uh, and they're like, as as local di- dialect is continuing their set and playing the songs, they're switching out equipment up uh-huh. there. Got the old switcheroo going on, and so uh-huh. he probably lost about fifteen minutes of his set that then went to uh, local dialect. So you know, uh, the rookie stepped up a little bit, you could say. Yeah. Well, maybe his flight was delayed. Who knows? Uh, well, if Local Dialect was an in-lane kind of DJ duo, this guy was all over the road. He went sure. off-road. Uh, yeah. Talk about him. What do you know? Uh, so Workles is a French DJ. Uh, let me get the name here real quick. Oh, he's French, too. Yeah, though. Kevin Rodriguez, Lard, though, Heavenly. So, which is interesting. Yeah, I read a little bit that his actual name is Kevin Rodriguez, but he goes by Workles. Um, you know, uh, it's signed to Hungry Music, uh, the Hungry Music label. Just, uh, you know, one of the rising stars in, the, in you know, your sort of techno French house DJ sort of thing. Uh, wow. Also French because uh, this guy was gorgeous. Uh-huh. Not that that matters, but, but it, it helps. helps. He looked like Adam Levine, but maybe a little bit shorter. Uh-huh. Um, he, good, that's a good one, actually. I didn't catch that. Oh. Yeah. Uh, very, very cute. Um, so, you know what? He, he, he certainly looked very harried and anxious coming in, as, as I would be, mm. too, if I was, you know, 10 minutes late or whatever for my gig. But he, he definitely, like, at, at a certain point, you just let that shit go. And, and he did. Right. When he um, actually got started, he yeah. was he was thrown down right away. So this set kicked off with some heavy house. Uh, but he's he's interesting. 
Um, you know, I have to say for some reason, like I wasn't, my left brain wasn't too, uh, too activated during uh, this set or actually during the Nora on Pure One. But, you know, because I found myself just kind of going with the moment. But what I can tell you is that uh, he played a lot with some breakbeats. Mm. Uh, we've talked about what breakbeats are. That's basically like a rock drum beat that's looped. So there was some of that that was stopping and starting. There's these weird little pauses. There was like lots of variety uh some happy house that sounded very 90s so all right speak on that and here here's a description that maybe i'm the only one that will get this and okay. this is sort of he had i felt like he had two halves of his set yes and the first, first half, half the first half i would describe as and maybe i'm the only one that gets it does anybody here know the band the naked and famous yes you know them you did see that that's right actually yeah Anna and i saw them a couple years ago to me, they sounded like if The Naked and Famous made house music for that first half there. Am I crazy? No, I could see that. Yeah, that was like the thought about halfway through. Because they even had this chord progression that reminded me of like a Naked and Famous song. I'm like, damn, oh, okay. So it's like it's that kind of music, but then throw a deep kind of house beat underneath there. That's sort of like thumping, ra uh, rattly sort of house beat on yeah. top of it all. That was half one. Half two uh, was this interesting transition where he went into some like very, very heavily stringed. Mm. Uh, really, it wasn't even, it was just literally like cinematic soundtrack sounding string stuff. Called it an epic fantasy soundtrack. Really lost in that. Very, wow. it's like something from a movie or something from a video game. I literally got chills and that doesn't really happen for me at this kind of show. Um, that business went on longer than I expected. Um, not that that was a bad thing, but it was mm. just very unusual mm. for an avant-garde DJ set. I was like, what is this video game I want to play in? Um, yeah, so I mean, it was like, I just thought it was kind of cool that he, uh, I, I, sometimes I feel like there's a sort of like avant-garde DJ formula, especially for the openers. They're like, well, we want you to I got to play some dubstep, which he didn't even play any dubstep at all. Um, and he just kind of did things the way that he wanted to do them, and it, it was interesting. He seemed um, he seemed pretty established. There were a lot of people there that were there for him. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. I mean, and then and then he did this kind of cool thing where he had us all get very very low on the ground where so, we crouched down. Yeah, it was a sit down, people. And I say that because a lot of people seem like they've never been to a fucking show before and we're standing there confused and like dicks in hand like, oh, what's going on? What does he want me to do when he's saying get down? Get, it's a goddamn sit down. Act like you've been here before. Like, it shouldn't be that hard to get a bunch of people to do one. They happen all the time. Uh, yeah, but it, it was it was it was a neat moment. When, you know, eventually everyone, you know, kind of caught on, even those who are a little bit slow, like moi. And uh, <laughs> and uh, and and we all and we all got down, and uh, and then he, and then it went and then a jump up, and then he went into some drum and bass, and then there was a rock beat for a while, and then you went to the bathroom, and it was like Latin, was right at the end of the Latin set, yeah. guitar, and that, that's though, how yeah. he finished it. So to me, like this. I watched this guy and I was like, was this an appropriate opener? I'm like, if we're judging by the whole don't upstage the headliner, I'd be like, maybe not. Because he was so good. He was really, really good. And so unique that I was like, oof, this is a tough one to follow. This was not what I would call a DJ set where you could be paying attention or maybe not. Mm. I feel like if you were standing in the back, because, you know, certainly many times I've stood in the back and I'm kind of watching the DJ and then I'm talking to my friends. And I wasn't going to be talking to my friends during no. this. Absolutely not. This was like an experience. This was a performance. This was like a journey. And, and um, you actually would want to stop doing that. We're recording. You, you would actually want to watch him too, because he would do stuff like step back and like just do motions, or I wouldn't say dancing so much, but he'd like step back and like 
throw his arm up along to the beat and like keep it going there and then you put it down it all there was like a sense of showmanship for him up there it's like yeah okay uh, this is like the uh, a little bit rehearsed it's like during this song i'm gonna do this and it's gonna get the crowd going and it worked i think it didn't bother me sometimes photos are staged sometimes things are rehearsed and they work all the same sure so uh, i really liked his personality his energy his connection with mm. the crowd and uh like i said he was borderline almost too good of an opener. I mean, listen, I'm not going to complain about a really good opener, but if I was the headliner, I would be like, No, I don't think Nora's that worried about it. Well, okay. Not that I'm complaining. Like I said, he did, he, he did do a, a, a great job. Very, very uh, Certainly got the crowd solid. going, too. Uh, so at this point, I found out that Anna was not dead. Um, what actually happened was uh, an, an, an oversleep, and so uh, then she was on her way. Yeah, jet lag is a dangerous thing. I uh, didn't set an alarm, and I ended up sleeping way too late, and I always show up to concerts early, so this was a first for me. Yeah, Anna is on team come for the opener, usually, but uh, listen, Anna, it's okay. So it happens I have a right to, all to be of scared. Happens anyway, so we us. were talking about what we were wearing. We talked about what James and I were wearing. Can we talk about what you were wearing? Oh, you got to talk about this one. We should have got a better picture of it, actually. You people need to appreciate what this was. Yeah, um, so I, I managed to get a really, really cool graphic T-shirt at uh, Middle Beast and uh, the music festival that happened a couple weeks ago in Saudi that we were discussing. And um, these uh, Saudi designers have taken iconic, uh, you know, American celebrities like Biggie, like uh, Jay-Z, Beyonce, uh, Kanye West, and put them in Saudi context. Uh, so I was wearing a, a Kanye t-shirt. Uh, Kanye dresses a Saudi man at, at our concert last night. It's so good. And I guarantee you nobody else had anything even <laughs> close to that on. Like, come on. It was That's an all-time rave shirt right there. I swear to God, you can wear that anywhere. I, I've already worn it twice since I've been back to New York, and I think everything about that T-shirt is ridiculous. Um, from from the person on there to the price of it to the place I bought it, um, <laughs> it, was, it was worth the investment. Yeah, that, that T-shirt's probably got more miles on it than most people at that rave last night. Uh, okay, so Nora on Pure goes on. Uh, we have a little bit of her playing underneath right now. Uh, very, very solid opening. Uh, you know, uh, kicked off with that sort of uh, deep house that, that, she, that she is known for. Um, beautiful visuals behind her, a lot of nature stuff. Mm -hmm. She's really into that because you and you can tell from her album artwork and that sort of thing. Yeah, In fact, uh, Anna, what, what did you say about, what, about it, about that background? All positive things, no, but um, the, the joke of the night that was uh, that the background uh, reminded me of uh, Microsoft's desktop backgrounds. I kind of felt like I was in class. I felt like there should be a little logo like sponsored by Microsoft. Because, <laughs> right, they were like nature shots, but they were like highly, I don't know, edited or digitized or maybe they were animated and they almost, they didn't look real yeah, in a lot yeah. of ways. They're pretty um, neat. Well, to talk about Nora real quick, for anybody that doesn't know, Nora Impure, she's a, a deep house, tech house kind of, they classify her as indie dance too, which I sort of get because uh, it's definitely like house music and dance music, but with a, a sort of a outsider indie vibe to it. Uh, South African Swiss DJ, which might explain some of the very tall people there, um, sort of came to be around 2009. Her first real single was uh, 2013's Come With Me. She's definitely well-known, respected, and, and pretty damn popular. I mean, that place really filled out when her set started up. She's also very pretty. Very pretty. I will say uh, Avant Gardner was packed last night. I was very surprised to see how many people came out for that show. 
yeah. So here's a question real quick then. You hadn't been there in like, like what, eight months or something? Because the last one that I know you were at, we talked about this, was that uh, Free Matt and Kim show that they did, what, February of last year? January, January maybe yeah it was definitely it was definitely cold out I know that much but it was like a free show that they did with Matt and Kim and a bunch of other acts and it was for the IPA one of the uh, Blue Point beers there it was like a promotional thing so that was the last time you were there and it's several months had, did it seem different like had it changed what, what were your thoughts coming in there for the first time in like probably 11 months there um, I really love that venue it's a very like always oh, a cozy atmosphere has a good crowd but I do think the popularity has dramatically picked up since we started going to shows there, mm-hmm. which has its pros and cons. Um, I want to be able to move around. Uh, yesterday was really tough, especially because I was late. <laughs> um, it was really tough trying to get up to the front of uh, th- through the crowd to meet you guys. Um, good thing that it's getting really popular, but I'm wondering. I think they might be capping out at capacity at this point. And we didn't get around to it, but there's actually like other spaces that if we go again, you've got to see them. There's one that's like a, a smaller one that's called King's Hall, but another really unique one is this one called Lost Circus. It is literally set up like a Belgian Spiegel tent, so it's round. It's like you're in a circus tent, like from the 1930s, and there's all these mirrors. And then there's like an upper level where all the tables are, and the DJ is just kind of situated on that upper level. It's, yeah, it's, it's a really weird. cool space. And then there's a place with couches and food and stuff too we just never got around to it next time for sure uh anyway so getting getting back into into nora uh you know so a little bit of that melodic melodic house that she's known for in the beginning uh i do note that uh she busted out hey girl hey boy by the chemical brothers which i really that was a good moment that. yeah yeah i knew you'd appreciate that really like that a lot uh and then just some like big blowout booming deep house she got my body rattled and it helps we were like up close and personal and we were kind of right in front of a speaker so she got so loud at some points during this night that even though i had earplugs in my ears still hurt anna how are your ears feeling my ears are hurting uh, after you just yelled in the microphone some time to recover today yeah. literally my ears were vibrating my entire body was vibrating it was it was really fun but also very painful yeah, you know what, it's like I go to these shows and sometimes it's like, uh, oh, my boobies are vibrating or, you know, my, uh, my, my ass is my vibrating. Nose is shaking. This time it was my throat. Everything. This is the first time my throat vibrated. So throat and then she pushed a button and then my chest started vibrating. It was like super weird. Honestly, okay, so I'm, I'm the outlier here, but uh, in my opinion... You know what? I can see that for a dubstep show because it's literally all about the bass. That's what it revolves around. But for a show like this where there are some extra levels, uh, I was like, we don't need that. In fact, it's kind of making it impossible to hear the other things that are going on in the music. It's... I know that I'm I'm in I'm in the minority, but that's how I feel. I don't feel it's necessary. I don't feel like it's healthy. No, I don't know. Do you agree or disagree? I can't tell from your reaction here. You're saying is, is it healthy or not? Well, is it necessary? Like all the factors, whether it's healthy, whether you can hear the the other elements of the music, and while that, if you take all of that into account, how necessary do you think it really is to like kick up the bass to that level? Well, I, yeah, I think they could tone it down just a little bit, but uh, I guess in their defense, we were really up close. We were, you know, front center stage. I think in the back, the audience enjoyed it a lot more. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. 
Um, so, I mean, listen, it really got into that moment where it was like it started out sort of melodic and then it went into a, just more of like a, just a thump, 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 like four on the floor techno, thump, thump, thump. I couldn't really hear anything else going on. Um, it gets to a point where it's Some almost like... Some real body throwing, and stuff at times. Yeah. Though. It gets to a moment where it's almost like a sort of uh, psychological surrender and it becomes sort of hypnotic. Um, the music wasn't changing a ton. Uh, it changed subtly enough to not get boring, but it's consistent. And I got very lost in the set. Mm -hmm. um, I have to say, like, at this point now, we're like maybe about an hour, hour and a half in. And I haven't really heard a whole lot of what I'm used to hearing from Nora, which was yeah. kind of like she really played the hits or anything. Right. So I was like, I haven't heard any of the real songs, yeah. that, the, the songs that are true hits of hers, which really surprised me. That's sort of why we haven't really mentioned any songs. Cause right. She didn't we really, can't. It wasn't really that kind of set. She didn't really play her songs. She just right. kind of played her type of music and like right. led you on a journey through that you want to know what i what i wrote down about this because she's also we've mentioned this before these sort of like sci-fi the words we've thrown out are sci-fi spacey ethereal epic fantasy what i said for her is they need to play nora on pure at the first ever rave on mars yeah, I could see that. And then I yeah. think she should bring um, local dialect with her for that. Yeah, yeah. Ah, and fuck then just, yeah, bring the other guy too. Yeah, just do, like, do, this, do a sci-fi rave on Mars. They'll have a great time. Elon Musk, make this happen. Yeah, I mean, can the atmosphere handle that level of bass? We don't know. Damn. There's only one way to find out. Nora, um, this is on you. <laughs> speaking of ethereal, uh, yeah, at, at one point we had a, a desert montage of Nora, which... I don't know. That to me was just very Beyonce. <laughs> it definitely felt, uh, I'll, I'll give you that, that definitely felt very Instagram model. Looking pensive and this sort of thing. And I'm like, oh girl, you don't have to. I think my reaction to that was, this is kind of out of context considering none of her other clips showed anything of her. So it kind of threw me off. It was yeah. all whales and nature and trees and then Nora. Me. For one clip. Me. I was like, oh, what's next? You're going to give birth? Like, what's, what's yeah, going right. to happen? I can't wait. So that was going on. And this was the point, too, where I started to sort of feel the crowd sort of, um, you know, when like milk just starts to go bad a little bit. Mm. You just start. That's when I started to feel that little bit of a shift where it's like people were like officially at that point where they were kind of getting messed up to the point where it's like no longer kind of aware or uh, interested in being aware of kind of like what was around them. Yeah. Or personal space. Boundaries. This was a handsy crowd. I got. Yeah. And we're not talking like tapped on the shoulder to move. I'm talking like full on and it was all women that did this to me several times during the night they would just like run their hands down my back and like just to pass by and then try and get in the space and like probably three or four different times of the night there's a girl early on who i'm gonna shout out this teenager and i knew she was a teenager because she had the x uh the wristband that had all the x's on it and everything she was really short so i let her go in front of me and then she starts like I, I don't know what her end game was, but my my thought in my head was just like, oh, you're going to ask me for drugs at some point tonight. So I kind of let that go and she left. And then later on, this girl rubs me across the back and she's like this Russian girl. And it's like, hey, my friends and I forgot our drugs at home because apparently you could just forget your drugs at home. She's like, do you have any? Do you know anybody that have any? And then some other lady rubs her hands on my back. And it's like, oh, I see you're a Rangers fan. I'm a Rangers fan because I had my hat on. And it's just like throughout this night, all these people were kind of just way touchier than I'm used to. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's just like anytime somebody would like rub their hand on my back or oh. like touch me like that, <laughs> I'm like, oh, because we were still kind of waiting to see you. So I'm like, oh, is that Anna like touching me? So I turn around excited and it's like, oh, no, it's just like you again who's about to tell me again that you're a Rangers fan for the fourth time. You know what I mean? 
So yeah. this is like I don't know if it was just everybody was on some new drug that I that I don't know about that makes you even touchier than usual, or maybe that's just Nora's crowd. But it was a very handsy uh, sort of crowd. Yeah, and night. I will, but I will say that this was uh, I did not I experienced that as well. But also it was not men; it was it was, it was women. women. There's all women uh, doing it this time. So yeah, there was a woman next to me who was um, handsy, but also sort of just arms in my face and then her head in my face to get that perfect shot. And then I blew on her hair and I thought that would annoy her, but she liked it. So I was like, <laughs> well, that didn't work. It's like, damn it. <laughs> I give uh, up. Yeah. And then Smokey next to her, just smoking away. Luck, lucky me. Um, but then, okay. So then the, uh, the bass did get toned down. A little bit. And yeah. I was like, whew, okay. Uh, so now it was get about two fifteen in the morning, and I start to hear some like piano-driven house, and I was like, oh, "Okay, good. She's gonna start playing some hits." Nope. Yeah. Nope. Just piano-driven house. Just, just you know, what's I was like, listen, it, it, it it's more what I came for, so I'm glad. But again, it's like, you know, uh, these two have have not listen to her Spotify extensively and these songs that I'm like, oh my God, wait till you guys hear this stuff live. It's really good. And it, it didn't yeah, get didn't played, really play dude. It didn't get played. Um, and so, you know, I'm a bit despondent and that's when we had a, the crowning moment of the night, which was the girl that, um, who was, uh, oh wait, no. First I was getting bumped into a girl and I remember thinking, God, I wish she was ugly because ugly girls can't get away with that. Only pretty girls can get away with that. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I was so mad. No, because an ugly girl has never, well, except for that, wait, were you there? That crazy, what concert was that where that one girl was like a little bit nuts? Hot chip. Was it hot chip? It was hot chip. Yeah, okay. But that's very rare that an unattractive woman <laughs> gets like that it's always yeah. the good looking no, no no it wasn't even hot chip it was the matt and kim show yeah okay yeah, it was the matt and kim show yeah remember that she was kind of giving us the weird looks yeah. and everything yeah. oh my god so weird um but that was an outlier anyway i'm not gonna lie it's like i, I genuinely think there's some like new drug out there that everybody was doing at this thing because it was like a lot of the crowd were acting like differently than what i'm used to at this but why and not the men well i don't know you know what i'm saying yeah, i agree with you though it was like definitely the and this is to say that it was like terrible does or it anything. hit up on the estrogen or it something didn't like ruin that? the night or anything but there were women this time that were handsier and more the ones causing trouble than oh yeah so, the, so the, the, the crowning moment for uh trouble was uh the woman that wanted to dance with me and um so we did and it was fine at first and then she wanted to make out and you know i don't know i think that's a bit corny it's not something even if it's i'm with someone they're like my boo uh to make out on the dance floor just seems just a little bit corny like unless it's like new year's eve or something um so i was like i don't really want to do that even if i even if i did want to which i didn't and then uh she tried tried to get me to drink water and I uh, obligingly took a sip and then she was like literally pushing the water in my face and I was like wait what's in this water I was like I don't want this water and then all of a sudden there's water all over me and and so it was water and then she kept oh what did you think it was well, I don't know maybe vodka or something no but I was it. like maybe it was laced with uh maybe it was molly water or something like that and so and I was like whoa and then she kept trying to come towards me I'm like no 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 yeah, that, that girl was cute until until she wasn't. So then I watched her make out with like four other women uh, after me. So she was oh. just kind of making the rounds. No, I was I was fine. But I, I felt like, do I need to warn these women? Like, because I saw one exchanging information with her. I'm like, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. She's crazy. 
Um, so anyway, 245, still no hit songs. I'm like, guess I'm not going to hear them. Um, but we did get like one song that I think I recognized, which I will probably uh, close the episode out with. But you guys, I, I can't exactly idea. My recording wasn't long enough, but it is. Uh, yeah, plus let's it was kind of tough way. to record anything because we were pretty close to the speakers. Right. But I'll, we'll put it this way. It's very characteristic of her music, although I can't actually ID the song. So, um, so that was her set. Do you have any like f- uh, further words to say about Nora? Um, I enjoyed Nora. I mean, it was my first time hearing her music. Uh, it was really relaxing. It was fun, despite the, vo- the body vibrations and uh, the painful ears the next morning. But I think I just want to comment on the crowd bit that you said because I think it was interesting for me having not been at a show in New York for some time now. Um, my initial reaction was, "Wow, I've missed this chilled out crowd so bad." Because despite the lack of alcohol and the lack of uh, drugs at all of these festivals that I've been going to in Saudi Arabia, the crowd is just so crazy. And people are not used to attending those types of events or interacting between genders that people are a little extra handsy. So is it like when you give a child like too much candy? Oh, I mean, I never thought I could feel hungover without drinking. I've crawled out of those venues. Um you literally have hundreds of thousands of people who uh, have never attended or fathomed of attending such an event. And then you're throwing all these young guys and all these young girls in one venue. You're throwing the craziest DJ on stage and the craziest set and everyone's just exploding. You know, someone was telling me that sometimes like uh, why like German and Japanese porn is the craziest is because they're such a repressed society. And so like when you actually allow something uh, divergent or, you know, something that's taboo to come out, that it comes out in like a crazy way. Absolutely. I can I can testify to that. I think it's going to take some time for people to kind of chill out and get used to that type of environment and understand how they're supposed to treat each other uh-huh. in those in, in those situations. Um, but I think it also tells a lot about how other cultures perceive American experiences at te- these types of events. They think that they're, this is what you do, right? They think this is what you do. They think that girls dress like this and this is how I dance and this is what this DJ wants me to That's say. That's interesting. And for me, when I go to raves, it's about... It's a, it's a whole experience. It's about what's on stage, but it's also about the crowd. And it's it, about being a safe space. Anna, you should spearhead like the, the Saudi Arabia National Plur Committee. <laughs> Rave education for Saudi Arabia. <laughs> so it's just so funny that we're just like, yeah, this crowd was like a little different than usual when it was rough. And he was like, no, that was like super laid back compared to things, huh? I, I, was, I was in a very relaxed state compared to the way I've been at the other shows. Okay, so I was just being That's a huge really baby. Yeah. Well, it's just like it's it's a testament to like what we're used to versus what other yeah. parts of the world are used to. You know, yeah. I could I couldn't attest to what a rave in Germany is like, but yeah. you know, yeah, I've I'd heard. imagine like maybe they're really really crazy and they would have been at that crowd last time. Like this is baby shit, you know? Yeah. Maybe next up we can talk about a uh, ultra at Croatia. That 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 was out of control. Oh, that'll be oh, a fun boy, one. Yeah, that'd be a, a fun one. overview. So, um. You know, overall, okay, so Nora set closed out a little bit after three. I got to say, it was like, uh, you know, I, I, I liked what she was playing at the end. The song sounded recognizable. Couldn't exactly idea, but I was, I had moved back a little bit further at this point, and I was dancing, and I felt, you know, the, the water incident was over, and uh, the water, great water incident of 2019, and I felt, like, very uh, relaxed and, and calm and good, and, like, I, I was really enjoying the end of it, but, you know, I will say, uh, to wrap it 
bit of, you know, my my wrap up for it is that I would see Nora again, maybe, but uh, I, I would need a, I don't know how I would actually make this happen. I guess I'd have to keep track of like uh, talking to other people who had seen her recently. I, I want to hear those songs. I want to hear the songs that I love. Like that's when you guys were talking about how annoyed you were at that one Izu where Dead Mouse didn't play any of the songs yeah, that you knew. Yeah. I was like, I, I couldn't relate at the time because I don't know his music very well, but I was like, oh, this is how it felt. This is irritating. Yeah. And it's one thing to not hear the one song that you really hope to hear because like we kind of mentioned that before at different shows where it's just like yeah it's this this band has like seven albums they didn't play the one song off their fourth album that i really like you know that's perfectly reasonable but you were right she really didn't play anything that didn't bother me so much because you know i don't uh, i'm not super deep into her music and know a ton of her songs so i was really just there for what she was doing in the moment and the journey of it so if you're okay with that she puts on a damn good show would you see her again i would absolutely yeah i, I wouldn't be against it it wouldn't really make a difference if she plays the her and charlotte dewitt would do would be good be together right, actually that'd be a good, good would, mix there. would you see Nora pure again um, it really depends. I can't say I would go out of my way specifically to see her, but I would be happy to see her at another show with some other DJs that I really enjoy. Yeah, I think that's kind of like where where I'm at with yeah. it. Um, so yeah, so honestly, like yeah, things got a little bit wild, but you know, towards the end there, I felt like uh, things leveled out, and I was feeling really good and really positive, and and you know, enjoying dancing and that sort of thing. That's the thing is that you know, because of this podcast and whatever, uh, we like to be as close to the front as possible to try to get good video, good pictures, good audio, uh, and uh, sometimes when uh, that part's done and we can move back a little bit more. You can let uh, loose, yeah. yeah, I can have fun. Now there are some shows that are great front row from top to bottom, like Crystal Method, top to bottom. Yeah, great, they never but, got super packed. But it also though. wasn't super packed, yeah. exactly. And that crowd was very respectful. Yeah. But sometimes at some shows, uh, depending on the crowd and depending on the sound, sometimes there is an advantage to moving back a little bit. Uh, so you know, I was pleased to do that, and uh, you know, f- feeling really good about that moment. So anyway, so she goes off, and then um, as is done at times in uh, at Avant Gardner often I should say uh, is there's a closer DJ Mm -hmm. and this Mm -hmm. was Enamor Mm -hmm. Uh, so Enamor doesn't really have too much about like where he's from doesn't really say anything but uh, you know he's got that sort of deep techno house kind of uh, stuff going on very atmospheric uh, with some groovy uh, sorry some some groovy beats kind of underneath there but yeah there's not too much about like where he's from and, and all that sort of information I have to be honest, I wasn't really paying a ton or of attention. When he started. Yeah, I wasn't a paying ton a ton of attention. We at this point we had moved really to the back and where we could talk to each other and catch up and that sort mm. of thing because we have not seen each other. I mean, obviously James and I, but we haven't neither seen Anne in a long time. So, you know, just the opportunity to sort of catch up and that sort of thing. But in terms of an adequate closer that sort of just keeps the mood up and keeps people dancing, yeah, he did all of those things. He did a good job. I wish I could tell you more about his set, but you know, at that point I was like pretty bushed, pretty worn out. It was three in the morning. Uh, by the time he went on, so I don't, I don't feel it even, too. It was even past three. It was like yeah, it was, it was past. It was like three, pa- yeah, three fifteen. Is a quarter past three. Uh, so Nora, I forgive Nora myself for a little bit longer there. And he even played because like originally this was built to go till four in the morning. We de- definitely didn't leave there till like four fifteen, four twenty. Right. So they let him stay out there. Um, you know, a lot of these shows at Avant. Uh, you know, they might say they'll end at four, but they're really going to five or six. Kind of depends on the artist. And you're right. Like the, the, in this case, this is like the main act came on at one and then there's a closer. And other times the main act wants to come on at two o'clock and play till four. So you never really know. You should check set times beforehand to see what you uh, sort of want. But I do always find it funny when that uh, main act 
goes off and then you get this great exodus of oh, everybody yeah, yeah, going yeah. towards the door. Yeah. Like honestly people give it like a couple minutes and it'll be so much easier to leave like instead of just yeah. right after Well it's like the people on the airplanes, you know? It's like every ass out of every seat the second it yeah. lands. Like you're not going anywhere for like 10 minutes, yeah. you know what I mean? Definitely like over half the people like 60% of that crowd just left the second she was done. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, is, we are pro come for the opener and also pro stay for the closer, you know. It might not be like in this case you know, this dude was also like sort of very ambient anyway, so it wasn't like st- uh, like the danciest of music. It was very much more like this is ambient house. Come down on this a little bit, and we'll see you later. For the record, Merlia is a little less for uh, the stay for the closer. I wouldn't say don't stay, but I'm ambivalent. I, I will stay if everyone else would like to. I'll try to. I'm also happy to leave if everyone would like to because I've never really had a closer truly blow my mind. Um, so, you know, I'm happy to stay. But if I do stay for the closer, a lot of that has to do with socializing because I didn't get a chance to during the, the headliner and less to do with them. So as far as this guy, I'm like, listen, he's competent. I wish I could give you a better overview. Uh, sure, I'd be interested if if I saw him on a bill again, I can't tell you that I'd go out of my way uh, because I, I there was listen, I'll put it to you this way. I don't totally put this on my shoulders because if he had some sort of standout moment, if he was doing what uh, how do I say his name again? War. Warkles. If, I, if he Warkles. was doing the kind of stuff Warkles was doing, I would have fucking noticed. You know what I'm saying? And I would have shut the fuck up and I would have watched. But it was like really nothing like that. It was really atmospheric. So I don't feel too bad about just kind of being like, hey guys, yeah, this is a good DJ. If, if you stumble on him, he's great. I'm not going to tell you to like specifically buy a ticket to his show because I, I didn't get a lot yeah, from let's, him. Yeah, let's put it this way. If you like that sort of thing, check him out. Well, what did you think? Like, what's your overview? Yeah, I didn't think it was bad, but uh, I'm kind of with you there. You were with point, me on this yeah, one. Okay. Because you were kind of in and out. I wasn't really we're, we're talking, talking to you I was much. trying to pay attention to it a little bit but it wasn't like I said it wasn't like the danciest of okay, house music it's not just me because it was leaning a little bit more towards the ambient side of things which is fine because that's not a bad way to get everybody to come down a little bit after like sort of like a, a heavier show like what Nora's is because she wasn't really like you know, she wasn't like a zomboy where you're fucking headbanging and dancing the entire time. Like her right. shit was a little bit more she took ethereal, and there were breaks, and you're right, and in that sort of thing. Um, and it kind of brought you, brought you really way up. So to come down with some ambient sort of techno music definitely helped. But uh, you know, again, the way yeah, the this best was for way people on it, drugs. This yeah, was like the best this is way to, to help it is, people from dr- on drugs to decompress. Yeah, if you like that kind of music, check them out because you'll probably like him. Anna, thoughts on Enamor, if any? Honestly, I was too busy catching up with you two at that point <laughs> to notice. Come on, guys. Um, like, we're good to catch up with. Yeah. Like, can't blame long. us. <laughs> it had been a long time. Um, all right. Well, uh, if you don't have any uh, final thoughts. Everybody on here, I, I didn't dislike anybody on here, so uh-huh. they're all recommends. Let me yeah. put it that way. Uh, honestly, I have to say that uh, my favorite of the night, surprisingly, and, and it's funny when this happens, uh, with an opener, um, War Ackles was my favorite of the night. Yes, but I'm going to follow local dialect uh, more because, like I said, they're, they are young. They're just starting out. And I, uh-huh. I think they got a good they got a good future ahead of them. So fair, I, fair. I would keep an eye on them for the S- near future. So I have an idea for a Twitter question. What do you think? Uh, uh, how do you feel about it when an artist you went to see doesn't play any of the hits? Okay, sure. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. It's a good one. Uh, all right. So uh, I think we're good to wrap this one up. I just want to thank Anna again, you know, not only for being here and talking about the show that we went to, but also giving us an overview of a festival that uh, I don't think too many people even know about, much less actually got to hear uh, uh, an overview of. So we really appreciate that. And I hope the people listening do, too. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's really good being back in Brooklyn. And um, regarding the music festival, I mean, that thing literally came out of nowhere. There's no other way to put it. And you had to see it in person to really believe it. I'm, s- I'm still trying to comprehend the whole event that happens. Yeah, I can't even imagine. All right, let's uh, let's wrap this up. Close it out. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and look for us on Reddit at High Decibels Pod for clips, picks, discussions, and more. Look for us on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. And subscribe, follow, rate, and review. And we're going to close out with a song by Nora N. Pure. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of High Decibels Podcast, and we will talk to you later. Thanks for coming in. Peace.